Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest in the studio this week, Amanda Barge. Amanda, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Monroe County Commissioner, also a social worker in private practice, she's one of the rising stars in the Democratic Party of Monroe County. I've been talking to certain Democratic Party big shots. Mm-hmm. When you came up with the idea to run, they tried to say, be careful. Don't get your heart broken. It's going to be tough. Matter of fact, you ran against two big shots yourself, John Weikart and Rick Dietz, in the Democratic primary. Somehow you won. How the heck did you win that primary? <laughs> well, I, you're right. I did. Uh, I was told, well, this will be really hard and this will be great experience for you. Uh, you'll probably won't win, but that'll be good experience. And uh, I think for me, you know, I put together a really good team of uh, people that had a lot of experience, like Charlotte Zitlow, Regina Moore, uh, several people from uh, like Isabel Piedmont Smith and Cheryl Munson, people that were elected officials. But I also brought people who were new to politics and had never done it before. And like friends of mine, one who had organized the recycling program at my kid's school, and I knew she was organized and knew a lot about environmental issues. So I had her come on. She had all this enthusiasm. So it was a really big grassroots campaign. Uh, and really, my entire family participated. You know, my husband, my kids. My kids wrote letters to voters. Wow. Uh, yeah, seriously. And uh, my my parents, my mom came from Ohio. Uh, my aunts and uncles. We had everybody kind of working. My sisters-in-law, four sisters-in-law. So it was a, it was it was really fun. It was actually we had a blast. Um, and I think you know just like there was a combination of just the issues that were really important to me were issues that other people were actually cared about, like addiction, social services. I'm also told that uh, you told people that you wanted to bring a social worker's mentality to this job. And a lot of people said, oh, hmm, they were skeptical. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? When I started looking at the job, uh, I was so surprised at how similar it was to being a social worker, which is being a social worker is all about problem solving and communicating and helping people solve pro- solve difficult issues. And uh, when I looked at what a commissioner did, it was the same thing. You know, no day is the same. You're always dealing with uh, in people's difficulty, maybe whether it's a county employee or an upset uh, resident. And those communication skills are key in bringing people together. Um, and that's what I've been doing since I became commissioner, which is just uh, making sure to build relationships with people. And, and I, it's, it's a perfect job for a social worker, actually. There's a certain amount of griping that you have to listen to and validate in both jobs. Yes, yes. So it, one thing I noticed as soon as I started, people were like, I have to meet with you. I have to talk with you. Here are some issues with the county. And I, I get almost every day somebody has something that they need help with. Uh, so yeah, so you use your listening skills and you, you, I always problem solve. Uh, I get, you know, residents are upset about dust in their, on their streets and they say they can't breathe. And so, you know, it's a constant problem solving, whether it's uh, an employee or or somebody that's having an issue in the county. The single most important thing that you do under both hats, listen. Yes, yes, which is what I did with my campaign. Starting in my campaign is just listening to what people are are concerned about 
and then now yeah listening what what needs to happen and listening to listening to people my campaign was about people and that's what i think my my public service is about now as a uh, social worker uh you have your own private practice it's just you you're a sole practitioner uh, apparently you uh, uh, specialize in life changes and transitions i'd say yeah so yeah people come Anytime you go to see a therapist, you're probably dealing with a life change. But yeah, I also work, mostly I work with uh, families and also do addictions work and couples mm -hmm. work. That's what uh -huh. I specialize in. And uh, ergo, that's why you're one of the point people for that big opioid summit that yes. uh, just came down. Yes, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Interesting. Uh, someone had mentioned that he, in fact, it was Carp Combs. Uh -huh. He said, uh, I, why was it that I was one of the only men there? Why was that? I know, you know, I saw, I actually saw that he said that. Uh, you know, there were several uh, male elected officials there, yeah. but I do think the majority of the people who were there were women because we, the majority of the people who provide, you know, services, human services are women. And that's why we had that. But there were actually... Uh, several male elected officials there. I think it just maybe, like I know Chris Gall, you know, there were several county counselors, some city counselors, and our prosecutor was there. So, but he's right. He was right in that. I mean, let's face it, the majority of the social workers are women. So, yeah. You know, we're, we, that you, when you're a social worker, even the people that are in the leadership roles are women. It's amazing. So, yeah. it's a pretty great, pretty great world. Now, speaking of women, you were involved in the Rise to Run kickoff event uh, mm -hmm. in September. The idea being, let's get some women into elective office. Let's get women running. Mm -hmm. Now, why aren't women running? That's a great question. That's the uh, that's the question we always try to answer. Uh, so the the women that kind of I know are afraid because they have families and they don't want their business in the paper. They don't want you know their private business. They don't want their kids to be uh, hurt by something that gets said about them or. They're too busy taking on several different roles, and they don't feel like they can they can give give up time away from their family. And if they don't have kids, uh, I still think politics is kind of a it is a tough world, and women don't always feel like they know how to fit right in in that world. Uh, but if we look at how Blo to be punchers, yes. But if we look at Bloomington, I mean, we're we're close to a matriarchy at this point. We're doing yeah. pretty well, yeah. so I think locally we do we do really well. But you know, it's we, interesting you bring up that one uh, issue. You say they, they're protective of their children. And I, I don't know if I'm missing it. I've never heard that before, but that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. You mean to say that uh, when men run, they say, well, if the kids get run over by a steamroller, that's tough. <laughs> I would say, you know, women tend to have the primary caregiving role. And, and yeah, women are maybe more concerned. I think men... Don't think about those things when they decide to run. They think women always think harder than men when they're doing any thinking about applying for any position or running for something. It's it's that idea of like I need to have all these qualifications, whereas men are like I'm just going to try that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So and I yeah I mean I think we women tend to have do the emotional labor as they say in families, which is worrying about all of the things that are happening simultaneously and. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. What were your qualifications? Where do you get off running for office? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, I mean, I think for me, you know, I had a lot of experience helping other people with campaigns. And uh, I helped, uh, before I decided to run, I helped a lot of people. I'm involved with the Democratic Women's Caucus. Uh, and I was raised on politics. So I have my family, both sides of my family are very political. Uh, it was kind of like our, I'd call it our sport, sort of. When you were a little girl, your mother brought you to the Monroe County Democratic Party headquarters 
to stuff envelopes. Yes. Her, actually, her dad was uh, a labor organizer, a, a union organizer and uh, in Pennsylvania. And so their family, just we were just very politically active. Um, and she was really raised by her older sister, who was a director of ACLU in Nevada and also the chair of Democratic Party, just very active. So she met my dad on my dad's side, the same thing. Uh, he my my grandpa was the auditor of Jennings County in Indiana mm. and we, just very political so when they came together that was kind of our big you know that's what we did we watched debates we talked politics we argued and uh and so my mom for her you know being part of the community was always crucial it was a, it wasn't an option we had to do something in the community so she would drag me to the headquarters it wasn't always my favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> but she but I did it and and I really did enjoy it we, I made phone calls and my friends and I went I was old enough, we drove people to the polls, too. So it was pretty, yeah. It had a big impact. We actually would go to the HT and watch the returns as well, because you used to be able to do that back in the day. As a kid, what's your first memory of the greater political world? <laughs> oh what my memory gosh. do you my have? My dad's going to kill me. But my, this is my first memory, and I don't know what year it was, but my dad was throwing a shoe at the TV because somebody had won. I swear that's my first memory. <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember it. He was super mad. I don't know who won. I don't know. But he was really upset about the outcome. Very passionate. And he <laughs> threw a shoe. And I remember being like, wow. But um, I was pretty little. But uh, the first person that really inspired me, is Bill Clinton, to be honest. He's oh. my, one of my first, but uh, just, you know, he came out and he was different than everybody else. So Think of his line, I feel your pain. Uh-huh. He was a social worker. He was a social worker. <laughs> He's good at connecting. Yeah, yeah. that's what you got to do, for sure. Right. And and you've got to say that thing that touches the person's heart. Or the, he'd always say, like, let's leave the country better than we found it, which I love. So You call yourself a proud progressive. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, you know, for me, progressive is uh, something that gets a little bit overused. But I think for me, it's just being open-minded to change and uh, making sure that we keep working for equality. And I'm a feminist, so always working for women's equality, but not, you know, making sure we bring kind of everybody along with us. In terms of being progressive, I think some of us get stuck in our ideals and we're purists. I'm, I consider myself a little bit more pragmatic. Uh, and so always have an open mind and always keep an open mind. And I think it's important to continue to change, but I'm also going to recognize that there are steps you have to take to get there uh, and change is incremental. So, And this year in our nation's history, liberal isn't a word we even want to use anymore. Yeah. Do we? Should we? I do. I think I'm a liberal. I don't have any. It is. You're right. It's kind of a dirty word, but people say that about feminism too. And don't say that. It's, you know, it means this or that. Yeah, I think we should. You mentioned being a, a feminist, and I noticed that you performed in the Vagina Monologues, Eve Ensler's uh, famous thing. Well, what was that all about? How did you get involved in that? <laughs> well, I was in grad school, and they were having auditions, and I was at dinner with some social work friends, and we decided it would be like really funny to go audition. We, <laughs> we hadn't really planned in advance, uh, and we went and did it, and I got in, and there were... Two of us got in, uh, and I got to do one of the ones that's supposed to be funny. So it was actually really challenging because being funny is way harder, I think, than, than doing one of the serious ones. So getting people to laugh can be really hard. So yeah. it was me really, really meaningful, though. It was So in other words, it wasn't a story directly from your own life. It was no. someone else's story. Yeah. So the monolo- or Eve's story. It was one of Eve's monologues. Yeah. yeah. So you each... You know, I think there were 12 of us, and we do, you each do one of her monologues, so. You know, it's it's a funny thing. Uh, 
I knew this couple, they were going on a first date, and the guy said, let's go to see the vagina monologues. <laughs> and the woman, it was, they've been together ever since wow. because the woman was so, this is fantastic. Yeah. Here's a guy that wants to go to this thing. Yeah, that's pretty great. You know, when I was giving birth to my daughter, that's my husband wore his vagina monologue T-shirt from <laughs> from uh, my performance. So that would he be, was a supporter. Uh, that would be John Barge, the ex-punk rocker. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. How long have you kids been together? Uh, 18 years, married. But no, together, you know, like 22. There was dating involved. There was dating, yeah. Seeing each other, That's which right. I've always found to be an interesting way to put it. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing someone, you know. I'm seeing you right now. That's Does right. Does that mean we have a relationship? No, the kids today say talking. Now it's talking. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've yeah. heard that. I know. And hooking up is old. Yeah, that's that's old hat. Now it's talking. That's talking. right. We're talking. You deal with a lot of kids in your office. Mm-hmm. Does it does it depress you? No, not at all. I mean, obviously, sometimes I'll take work home, but I've been doing this for such a long time that I'm able to figure out kind of how to leave it at work. Uh, but it is. I mean, yeah, sure. I sometimes a kid doesn't have control over their family situation. So there's only so much you can do. That can be hard, obviously. But no, I love it. I love teens. They keep me young. I learn so much. I would have to assume that through your training, your long training, they teach you how to separate a little bit, right? Uh, from from the people you're with? They try. I mean, you know, you, you have to learn it as you go. It's, yeah. Sure, you can, there's no class in self-care. There should be. But... Uh, you have to learn as you go how you're going to handle things, and and you know, I know it's can be traumatizing. You have to you have to be strong in yourself, and I you know you have to be able to know yourself and know what you can handle. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard job. You know, I noticed something. You uh, speaking of women, uh-huh. speaking of women politicians, you co-founded a group called Friends of Sophia Travis. Mm-hmm. What was that all about? Yeah, so my friend Sophia Travis was a county counselor, mm-hmm. uh, and she was actually running for office uh, when she passed away in 2012. Yeah. And uh, she was a good friend. She was the first person I ever told I wanted to run for office. Uh, she was the first person that I ever said, hey, I think I really want to do this someday. And she was very supportive. Um, and she was a musician in the community. I mean, she was a she was everywhere in the community. People loved her. Yeah. And so um, she, when she passed away, I ended up helping Cheryl Munson in her, for her campaign as she uh, she jumped into the role and became our county counselor. And the, some friends of hers and I started this nonprofit to build the Women in Government Plaza, which is on the south side of the courthouse now, and to recognize her contributions to the community. As a person who's running for office, which you did last year, 2016 election, uh, you made some promises. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a couple of them, okay? okay? Now, one thing you said is uh, you want to make sure that each commissioner holds regular resident meetings. Mm. How's that going? <laughs> well, Michael, that's one thing I haven't done. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I've tried, no, I've tried so hard to keep some of my promises. Uh, you know, I have what I found, though, is that I, I just have informal meetings. So if I want, someone wants to come in, I'm in the office a lot. So I'm in the office almost every day. Right. Um, but I haven't done that. And I actually uh, did reach out to my city councilor to see if maybe he wanted to do a meeting together. Uh-huh. I still would like to do that. That's one of my goals. Uh-huh. It hasn't happened yet, though. And it's a four-year term. Yes. So uh, you got a little time. Uh, but get going, would you? I think, though, <laughs> I know I got to say real quick, I think that is going to be 
for, I think what would be most useful is to have a meeting, you know, with some other government officials and kind of answer questions. I think instead of having, I thought I originally thought I'd have like hours where I would just be at the office and you could come in. And I think it's better just to make appointments with people or, you know, see people as needed or in the community and then have some, anyway, I'm thinking that through. It's, think it's that a work through. in progress. It is. It's a work in progress. <laughs> so you're a supporter of uh, reproductive rights. Yes. Not too long ago, a couple of months ago, uh, California Governor Jerry Brown talked about a certain litmus test, says there doesn't need to be a litmus test for us Mm. to support fellow Democratic candidates. So let me ask you this. uh, Would you support a Democratic candidate who had pretty different views from yours on abortion and Planned Parenthood and other issues surrounding reproductive rights? I think, I think from the D, the Democratic National Committee level, saying that is damaging and, and dangerous. Mm. Uh, but you know, and when I look at the local level, I've never supported a candidate that wasn't pro-choice. So I guess I know I wouldn't support someone who didn't support Planned Parenthood and reproductive rights. Right. And so, how far does that go? Is that every? Is that uh, unfettered access to abortion, or are there regulations like like? Joe Donnelly is not seen as, you know, the pure and uh, absolute supporter of abortion rights. How does that work? Oh, that's a good question. That's a question. tough one That's a tough you. one. Well, hey, you're that's in a tough position. That's a tough position. one. You know, uh, I got to tell you, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think that through. You know what? I'm going to say, I guess it's got to be case by case. Uh I guess I'm really I am simultaneously very frustrated that someone of that someone of Jerry Brown's leadership level would actually say that. Mm-hmm. So that for, to me is damaging. Uh, but on a personal note, I guess I would case by case it. I don't have to case by case. It depends on the candidate. Um, if somebody's anti-Planned Parenthood, then I would definitely not vote for them. Right. So I don't know. I think Joe Donnelly is reasonable. I I don't. I think yeah. I he's going to get if, my vote. Okay. He's going to get my vote. If someone if someone says. Uh, a young woman uh, under the age of 18 wants to have an abortion. She has to notify her parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm four square in favor of that. That's what the candidate's saying. Would you back that candidate or say, hell no? Wow. Uh, I I think I'd need to listen some more and learn more. I don't know that I can say yes or no. I'm not a purist like yeah. that. I got to look at the, all the layers and all the issues. Does that make sense? Of course it yeah, does. Yeah, I don't think I can answer that question. All right. I'm sorry. I don't think I can. I, I mean, I don't know. It would depend on their votes on a lot of things or their opinions or their plans on a lot of things. I don't know. That's a tough question. It sure <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. Uh, but no, I... I've just never, I haven't run into that yet where I've had to make such, those kinds of decisions. Like, I think local government, uh, you know, like, I'm just going to go with county council, but they they fund a, they fund Planned Parenthood, right? Through the Sophia Travis grant. Yeah. And I, I think if I, if there was a Democratic candidate who said, I would not fund that or I would not vote to fund that, they probably wouldn't get my vote. Uh-huh. There's, I can tell you that, but. Okay, there you go. That <laughs> makes my sense. Answer. You grew up in Monroe County. So tell me more. Uh, uh, whereabouts in Monroe County? Uh, tell me more about the family. Were there sisters and brothers involved? And uh, were you a rotten little kid who needed to be chased around a lot or what? 
No, we grew up. <laughs> I grew up on the east side of town. Uh, my parents. Uh, it was just me and my parents, oh. and we have a really small family. Yeah. Uh, and no, I was a really good kid. I was. It's boring, Mike. I was a easy kid. I was pretty shy, actually. What were your interests? Politics, government. Even uh, as a, like a like a thirteen year old kid. Yeah. Yeah. You're a real. weirdo. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. No, I was really into gymnastics. I did. Gym, I was on the gymnastics team and the swim wow. team. So I was into sports. But um, this, then the gymnastics team was gone and I became, I got involved with stage crew. So, but yeah, I was like a, I wasn't rebellious. I didn't rebel. I didn't get in any trouble in high school. You were on stage crew. You know what's interesting? You, you strike me, you could be a, an actor. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to be an actor a little bit in politics. <laughs> oh, but there's a my old line, and I've said it for years and years. Politics is theater. It That's is. That's the most important thing. You know? It is. Yeah. It is. What is the image? Uh, how did you wind up at uh, University of Texas in Austin? Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to, we wanted to try something new. We'd been, I, you know, I went to IU. I'd been here, and I really wanted a different experience. I wanted to work uh, with. People that weren't Midwesterners, quite frankly. I wanted to get my training uh, in something completely different. And so I ended up uh, at University of Texas in Austin. And I got to do lot, get lots of good experience. One was in a high school with, that was uh, 95% Hispanic uh, kids. And I worked with teens. And I also did like a residential treatment center uh, internship where I got to work with a uh, pretty, pretty vulnerable population. The target population was uh, pregnant, homeless uh, women with HIV and wow. yeah so I wanted a different experience my and I was my husband and I both kind of wanted to get out of Bloomington for a little bit and try something new so you were married at the time I was yes ah so so uh as we mentioned earlier earlier uh political science and gender studies at IU when did you make the decision that this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life uh go yeah. into social work so I I had actually I dropped out of IU, so did. I did have a little bit of a. It's a little well, more interesting a, as I got older. I think. you're a hoodlum, aren't you? I think as I got older, my life yeah. got a little more rebellious. But um, so I dropped out of IU, and I was working in restaurants in Bloomington, just where I met all my best friends. <laughs> um, and then I was actually going to go to culinary school, and I had traveled. I traveled to New York. I went to California. I went to Kentucky. Went all over to tour schools, and then I uh, was working in a restaurant here, and I actually met my husband and fell in love and then I, at the same time I was uh, an HIV counselor as a volunteer huh. for what's called uh, Project Find or what was called what's Positive Link now which was called Project Find and uh, I met a social worker there and she said you know you are a social worker like you you are and she said you've just got to you know you got to do this and and I wanted to go back to school anyway so I ended up not doing the culinary school and uh, going back to IU finishing my degree and uh, it was obvious to me that I wanted to be a social worker. Probably a good choice because uh, as we, we know that the culinary schools were filled with everybody on yeah. earth at one time. Everybody was going to culinary right. school and they're all looking for work. That's right. <laughs> well, I didn't want to work on holidays. I was like, that's when you oh, work. You're yeah. working all the time when everyone else is having fun. I, right. It didn't sound fun to me. And <laughs> you're always there. And, always. And, you know, you, you're feet get wide because you're <laughs> yeah. on them all day yes i took a detour and and that that's and i came back to social work or to helping people so, so you're happy with that decision yes yeah when i went to grad school i was like these are my people you know i just knew it was the right decision so 
Has your work as county commissioner cut into your time serving as a social worker? Yes. So is your business suffering? I see about half the amount of people. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, I I kind of planned for that. Yeah. Can't do too many, see too many people. I want to make sure to give everybody my full attention. So. Yeah. That's okay. That's, that's, that's okay with, I I mean, I just haven't taken on new people. I didn't have to like, you know. Get out. Get new (laughs) clients. Yeah. I tell my clients to go somewhere else, but. Family counselor, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I, I. Makes me think, what was the name of that couple from the Clinton era? There was uh, his... Uh, Matt... Ma- uh, Mary Madeline... James Car- Carville. And James Carville, mm-hmm. right? I could not be married to someone who didn't hold my political philosophy viewpoint. Yeah, the values. So there different. Are, there are values. Mm-hmm. You know, and you say, so what values do you share then, if not those? Yeah. Which is, which is beyond me. And they probably have been in with their social worker, uh, you know, every uh, twice a week at this point. <laughs> at least, yeah, during some of those campaigns. Oh, yeah. honest to gosh. And she was part of the uh, Bush uh, administration as well. I know. Wild. They prob- you know how they say, like, that Republicans and Democrats in Congress, at least they used to get together for cookouts and stuff. They probably share more values than we know. and. Like behind that, the scenes. Like that book that was written by Tip O'Neill where he talks about yes. his relationship with Ronald Reagan. Yep. And yes, they did get together. They did. Yeah, and they were pals. Yeah. Yes, but uh, still, I want the person who I'm next to 24 hours a day to think along my lines. It's helpful. It's my litmus test. That's right. <laughs> we call them deal breakers. There you got deal breakers. <laughs> Is that a social worker yeah. term? Well, that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> I have people make their list of deal breakers. You know, what's a deal? What's something you can deal with? What's the deal breaker? You mean when someone comes in and says, "Now, don't mention names because we can't right. do that. We know that." But when someone comes in and says, uh, "My mate and I are having trouble," and then you say, "What are some of the deal breakers?" Yeah, I have them make a list. It's actually like deal breakers. What can I deal with? And then what are my wants and needs? I don't even know. I know you might need to do that. No. Okay. And and it's now good to do I'll, for all I'll of wind us. up divorced and you no. know whose fault it'll be? I don't want that. No. Yours. No, you're not gonna know. No. <laughs> no, we're 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 way beyond that for gosh sakes. Yeah. We've had our starter marriages. We, have you? We've done the whole thing. No, this is how long have you been married? We got married on October tenth, twenty oh eight. On the streets of Louisville, Kentucky, Aww. by the prison chaplain. I looked up his name in the phone book. Uh, uh, and he came in and he says, I'll meet you on the street in front of the uh, Jefferson County Jail. So we met there. We went to the plaza across the street. He saw two ex-inmates walk by who he knew, who he had ministered to. And he said, come uh-huh. here, you're going to be the witnesses. It was a beautiful sunny day, and we were married with these two witnesses who were former uh, inmates. Wow, that that's a great story. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> pretty awesome. What about your wedding? It was a big wedding. We had a big wedding. Oh, you did the whole shebang. We huh? did. It was really fun, though. It was like and a it's big your, party. It's your starter. Yeah. And you're still together. We're after still together. All these years? I know. What is wrong with you? I know. People God. don't do that anymore. Get with it, would you? <laughs> People don't do that anymore. It's I've not been, normal. It's not the norm. I've been talking with people, and more and more this idea is getting popular. The five-year marriage. You get married yeah. for five years. At the end of five years, you say, should we do it again? How yep. about another five years? Like re-up your contract. Re-up the contract. Mm-hmm. But they do it in the Army. Why not do it with marriage? <laughs> they both have to do with war. 
Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Battles. I, I knew, love it. I had a feeling you'd like that one. I like it. Amanda Barge, Monroe County Commissioner. Thanks so much for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you.